0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes, the story screen podcast where we watch new movies and then come right to the microphone to discuss them with each other and with you, our dear listeners. Today I'm joined by, I'm Jack Olojewski, by the way, in case case you didn't know, and I'm joined today by my brother, Jeremy. Hello. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, brother. Hey, brother. How's it going? It's Okay. Okay. Yeah. getting getting ready for the holidays end of the year yep getting ready for the holidays getting ready for this year to be over yep seeing this year out and i think you know when the 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 clock strikes midnight on uh, on december 31st we're going to get december 32nd Oh, um, shit. We're just gonna be stuck. We're just gonna keep on. God damn it! The year is coming from inside the house. 2020, new game plus. New game plus. Yeah, there you go. The post credits sequence is uh, just. It's Samuel weird. Jackson
1: giving us the vaccine. Oh
0: boy! <laughs> Imagine having having to go through this year's um election cycle again. I don't oh, think I could take it.
1: Well, we. We would go through it, but we would have the knowledge that we have now.
0: No. you actually, no. You, you'd forget in this kind of hell. You'd realize that there was, some, there was something that you're missing, but you have to experience it all again, and it hurts just as bad the second time, too.
1: Wow. That sounds like a very interesting premise. This
0: is my nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. This is our, our quarantine script. Speaking of interesting premise... Uh-huh. Did we watch a movie with an interesting premise? uh,
1: uh <laughs> an interesting premise
0: yeah well what do we watch jeremy we're we're we, here to talk about a movie, not just this dreadful the, the end of this dreadful year um we watched a new twenty twenty release
1: uh exclusively to rental services yes
0: uh a hot year for those believe it uh, or not hot what, a hot what, year what, for what those was it about this year i mean it's such a big big v o d year. Uh
1: you know who can say?
0: Who can say? What a but strange thing.
1: We watched we watched a hot VOD release uh called Arch Enemy. Yes.
0: And you know, this is a year I don't want to be unkind to this movie right up front. This is a year where there like we've said there's been all jokes aside there has been a lot of straight to VOD releases because um there's just no other choices you know and perhaps in a normal year you know a movie like Arch enemy would you know come to the the story screens or the Alamo Draft House at least in like a smaller kind of release um maybe um, maybe and i think there have been a lot of movies that have come out this year directly to vod again because they had no choice that were you know not really they don't have that direct to dvd feel Maybe this one does a little this, bit more. This was pretty borderline <laughs> direct yeah. to DVD. Yeah. Feel. Which is not to say that it's not without any merit at all. And No. Um I don't I don't think I don't again, I don't want to like talk down on this movie because ultimately I thought it was, you know, pretty fun, but it does kind of feel like um maybe a B, sort of a B movie, to put it very bluntly and to to sum it up uh quickly.
1: So this is a movie written and directed by Adam Egypt Mortimer, who uh genre fans may be familiar with because uh one or two years ago he released the film Daniel Isn't Real. And I like that
0: movie quite a bit, actually. Yes. This we is, planned to do a podcast on that one, but we never did.
1: Yeah, maybe maybe down the line we'll do we'll do like a like a cold take or an overdrinker.
0: Sure. We might talk a touch on it. During this podcast a little bit, maybe. Use it as an opportunity to talk about that movie.
1: Um, But this is his follow-up film, and it's a superhero movie, but it's more in line with the – I don't know what you call it. The anti-superhero movie, which takes superhero tropes and uh, quote-unquote turns them on their head
0: and makes them – you know, your Spawns or your Blade or Punisher or... The the
1: anti-superhero has become just as much of a ubiquitous genre as superhero themselves.
0: Yes. And you know what the thing was for me, I think, Jeremy, I think this movie is what it is and we'll talk about it more, but I think just in general for me watching this movie and I went into this movie like, you know, not really knowing too much about it, knowing um I had actually forgotten at the time that I was watching it that it was by the same director that did Daniel Isn't real. Um but I knew it was um it's Spectrovision, right? Yeah. Is 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 uh behind this movie. And, you know, they've they've put out a lot of cool stuff um, in the Wo- last couple of years. Elijah yes. Wood's
1: production company. You know, For they're involved with
0: Mandy. Um they were involved with well, Daniel isn't real, right? Um, did they also do... Was that... Was Come to Daddy through SpectraVision as well? Uh, no, but uh, Color Out of Space. Color Out of Space was, yes. Was,
1: was SpectraVision. And that's that's a movie I very much enjoyed.
0: Yes, me as well. Um, and I think, you know, this... SpectraVision is carving itself out, like kind of in its own niche amongst, you know, the big indie players right now, like uh, Neon or A24, Um, but is carving itself out in maybe a little bit of like that genre sort of space that more like leading less like that elevated sort of horror or or movies and more just like straight up exploitation or kind of B-movie. Do you agree there a little bit?
1: Uh... A, a, li- a little bit. They're, it's that they're, with
0: like some modern sensibilities, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. They're they're definitely going for a uh, specific uh, color palette with all their films. They're a lot of a purple. Lot, a, a lot, lot of purple, purple, a lot of neon, a lot of uh, very strong primary colors. And I think
0: there's a couple things here with this movie for me um, that maybe made it a little bit less successful than some of the other stuff That's that's – come from uh Spectra vision and oh, they even al-
1: they also uh sorry to interrupt they also produced a girl walks home alone at night
0: right okay so that was probably one of their earliest ones right i also yeah. like that movie quite that, a lot
1: that was their that was their breakthrough
0: that one was is definitely much more firmly in like the art film sort of camp but this one two things i think the biggest thing for me is like i'm just really fucking burnt out on superhero shit man I'm, I am like, you know, this is our, the first year in a very long time that there's been no Marvel movie. And right. I personally am so thankful for that. Like, I am so sat, like, I think it's been so oversaturated, all the Marvel movies that I was like thrilled to have a break this year. Right. And when it hit me watching this movie, that this is just, even though it's an anti hero movie, it is very firmly still like, has that superhero trappings? Yeah. I kind of was just a little naturally less interested.
1: Yeah, um, I am. I am more open to the superhero genre when the film in question has something new to offer, a new perspective. Yeah, some something. Uh, it has to have like some kind of interesting angle. Yep. To to go for like you're you like you're into the Spider Verse or your or your Logans or like some something to really like grasp on and Arch Enemy I feel like in its heart was trying to go for something like that yep. but didn't have the either the budget or the technical skill or you know s- something else to to really. Uh, succeed in what it was going for.
0: Yeah. Yes. And I think, you know, there are elements there that are, you can sort of see that angle, like in a fleeting sense, but the movie never really takes it anywhere. Like now, so just to set this movie up a little bit, or do you want to like give like a kind of a, just a quick plot synopsis for some, sure. for anyone who, who's listening that doesn't know anything about this movie? Sure.
1: So the film takes place in some kind of, uh,
0: probably some, some near future alternate near,
1: near future urban urban environment uh it's it, it kind of has this like brooklyn feel to it or but like I detroit maybe like, like robot
0: detroit sort
1: of kind yeah. of vibe to it 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 doesn't really specify what city it takes place in but it follows this uh this young ambitious uh like teenage kid who mm-hmm. is who is trying to become like this uh this like internet media reporter,
0: and he comes across this sort of like a Twitter journalist kind yeah, of like yeah. he's he like wants to be a journalist, but it's like it's all through you know fast social media sort of it's stuff. It's like it kind than, of like...
1: it's like trying to take the piss out of Vice a little bit. Yeah, sure. And especially like in the beginning when they establish like the the company that he's working for. But mm-hmm. anyway he he comes across this uh this gentleman who is like a local legend in the neighborhood who claims that he is a superhero from another dimension who fell through this black hole and is uh trying to get back to his own um his own world and is trying to uh finish finish this this arch enemy that he that that he's been tracking down
0: who is and, most importantly homeless and an alcoholic. Yeah,
1: he's a complete bum and yes. he's he's constantly uh stumbling around and vomiting up it's like half of his dialogue and he's uh played by uh Joseph, Mang- Joseph Manganello who has been a uh a supporting role um, in many films, uh, I I think one of the most notable things is he was Flash Thompson in the first Spider-Man movie. Uh, mm. I wouldn't want to fight me neither, that guy. Mm. Uh, he was also in um. Uh, he he's he's in he's in a lot of things.
0: Okay, I'll, I'll he, just take your word for it. He he, he was in he, he doesn't, doesn't was in even True really blood. look blood. He okay. was in
1: uh he was in the Magic Mike movies or I think he might have just been in um Magic Mike XXL. He has a very um famous scene in Magic Mike XXL where he does a uh he does like a dance in a convenience store to um the Backstreet Boys I Want It That Way. That's a very that's That's that sounds
0: fun. That's a
1: very good scene. You can look that up on YouTube.
0: This movie could have maybe used maybe not. A little bit of fun. Fun is probably the word I was going to go for. Yeah. So,
1: so this is like his first, like big, like kind of starring
0: role, right? And you know, I don't think he does a terrible job, but I also don't think there's a lot there for him. And I think that's part of like what you were getting at with the movie too. Is like it sets up this idea of you know a homeless person who was something so much more and has clearly like is has 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 gotten lost in his way and is really down on his luck now,
1: which isn't um, even like that new of an idea It's not at
0: all a new <laughs> idea, but it is something that you could use the superhero medium to play with you know sure. there's obviously the direct comparisons of you know any sort of lack of like government support, especially when it comes for for homeless people, especially when it comes down to like specifically veterans who become homeless. Sure. Who, which I think, you know, there's definitely some direct like parallels there. Um, And some of those ideas are like touched upon, I would say in this movie, but But, only in as deep so far as like to acknowledge that maybe they exist, but not actually making any sort of like, there's no point to it other than it to be sort of a vehicle for this, this movie. There's hardly
1: anything that's really followed through. Yeah. That too. It starts off strong.
0: I think it has yeah, a pretty think, strong yeah, first act. Yeah, sure. What do you... Um, okay, I'm going to save one direct question for you for uh, the, the spoiler section. We'll come yeah. back to it. But yeah. something about... So I, I'm going to ask you some questions in the spoiler section about like the style of this movie specifically. Okay.
1: okay. I think it does a pretty decent job uh, establishing its characters and establishing the stakes and trying to establish what it's going for in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But as the movie played out, it didn't really go in any kind of interesting direction
0: right yeah it, and i don't think it really had much in the way of super fun or super you know exciting fight sequences no. or action set pieces or even like you know it sets up relatively like interesting side support characters um with like the two main kind of supports that are are alongside the main hero here who he goes by max fist right yeah is the name of uh, joe Mangiello's character um right and i think like you know none of those three characters so it's it's max fist indigo and then uh what's the kid's name um hamster hamster that's right yep and i think they do like fair enough with their performances. Like, I don't think sure. there's anything wrong with their performances. I just don't think their writing is there to really flesh out any of those characters. Ever. Yeah,
1: they're likable enough. And Define. they're definitely committed to their performances. Like, every everyone in this movie is does a quite a committed performance. But, yeah, there's just, like... They're elevating material that's, like, not quite there.
0: Yeah, and even Max Fist. I think Max Fist especially, like... For me, he never quite goes one way or the other enough for it. He's not either just, like, the stoic, like, gruff anti-hero or, like, he doesn't go far enough in the kind of, like, absurdity of it. Because I think there's something interesting about, like, taking this idea of a character of, like, you know, the local homeless person who is constantly babbling stories. Like, I think if you've ever, like, you know, everybody has... Well, depending on where you're from. But most people probably have like a story of like a a local homeless person that was well known to everybody in the town kind of thing. You Mm -hmm. know, I think that's something that happens a lot in American culture, sadly enough, because again, we don't have a support system that helps those people who are often mentally unwell. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just don't I don't think this movie like goes anywhere with any of those ideas. Um, And it's and it's not even really Fun, having fun with it. Either. Yeah, it, it just
1: cu- turns into just like a kind of a generic uh, action thriller towards the second and third act and not a very interesting or compelling action thriller. Which is the, sh- the
0: shame of it, especially from something coming from SpectraVision and, and from coming from um, Adam uh, Egypt Mortimer, who, uh, you know, I do think that Daniel isn't real. I think in the same way it had some ideas that it was playing with surrounding mental health. Right. Um and I think it didn't 100% deliver on the, and follow through on some of those ideas but I do think it explored it certainly more more so than uh um this movie is more doing more thoughtfully. With, yeah, yeah. still yeah. had its shortcomings I think but was was more successful than this movie.
1: Right. I don't know maybe if this movie had a higher budget or just had more time to cook more time to like ex- explore its themes because it's it's like a 87 minute movie. It's it's yeah, it's uh it's it it's comes crazy. and goes real quick. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe if it if it gave itself more time to follow through on its ideas, it
0: could have been something special. Yeah, it's hard to say. You know, yeah, uh, it's hard to say what what could have made this movie something. I I think what we're trying to get at is like there are little glimmers of something more interesting here that is not just not fully developed,
1: which kind of turns it into a frustrating watch after a
0: little while. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I think ultimately kind of forgettable, unfortunately for me. Um, I watched this movie like a week ago, and it's already it's starting to fade away from I watched.
1: Me. I watched it last night and it's, it's our, it's, our it's, not, it's not sticking out a little
0: bit. It's not sticking out. Yeah. Not really. You know, yeah. as much as
1: a, of a, of a lukewarm, um, reception I had towards uh mank, I still think about mank. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> I know? actually
0: just finished mank earlier today, Jeremy, you know this. Um, yes. so now I've got that one percolating in my head a little bit as well. Um, Hot take on Mank. Interesting, but not for me ultimately.
1: hmm Alright, so shall we go into more detail of what I works think so. in, and yeah, what doesn't uh, work in this? Would you
0: would you um <clears throat> would you recommend to somebody to watch this movie? To rent this movie?
1: If you're really hankering for like this kind of thing and you've already like exhausted this this kind of genre like you've already Mm. watched logan uh a million times or you already watched like the punisher a bunch of times and you're really looking for something new this might scratch that itch but like yeah
0: you know know what this movie actually reminded me a lot of what's uh, that is which is a movie that is also like a bit on the rougher side, but a movie I, I quite like for What's for that? some uh, reasons that are particular to me. Um, he never died.
1: Oh, I hey, he never died is great.
0: It's that's a cool movie. Yeah, and I mean, it's Henry Rollins. So <laughs> yeah. like, I I think Henry Rollins just naturally like is playing a fairly similar character. His character in He Never Died is somewhat similar in a lot of ways to Max yeah. Fist, but I think Henry Rollins like. Demeanor is a little more well suited to it because he's just a fucking weirdo, also. Um, yeah. And he, the it, it's the role itself is a little bit more playful. I think
1: he never died. Also, kept it a lot more simple. Sure, and and played a lot more to Henry Rollins' uh, strengths as a performer. But this
0: archenemy is not complex.
1: No, it's not. But it's trying to go for a lot more things, I suppose. Than than um than he never died it. It's like arch Enemy's reach kind of extends uh, its grasp a little bit. And I think sure. if it kept itself a little bit more simple and just made it about Joseph Mang- Manganello, uh, just beating up dudes and like crunching their heads in or something, it would have been a lot more of a of a fun watch. Sure. And maybe. And maybe he should have uh, left those themes, like, on the table for, like, a future project where he had more, like, resources to to properly explore them.
0: Yeah, who could say? Uh, who could say? It's always a, a coulda, woulda, shoulda sort of thing. It's not really our place to, to say what could have been done differently. But, uh, but yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, oh, one last thing I wanted to bring up before we went into the spoilers was... Uh, glenn howerton's role in this uh i think if you're thinking about watching this movie maybe the thing that will put you over the edge is glenn howerton getting uh a chance at just being like the sort of like low level like mid villain in Mm -hmm. this movie which is like a pretty fun performance if not like only made a little less interesting because of just this, especially in like late season Sonny, how like much of a just active monster he plays on that show i think <laughs> is like is like probably more effective um as like a villain than he is in this movie but it is still i do enjoy glenn howerton quite a bit so all I, I of the like all him. of
1: the side characters in this just chew the hell out of their scenery yeah. Is there like a bunch of, of dogs that have this like this little toy in, in their pen and they're just like fucking chewing it up? That's, <laughs> that's which the, again is pretty part and parcel
0: this. for the, the SpectraVision sort of releases we've gotten. So oh yeah, far. totally. So,
1: totally. I think it's what so, you come to expect. If if there's anything worthwhile about saying this, it's it's seeing those uh those actors just having a good time.
0: I agree. Were there any other performances specifically you're talking you, you think? Or, like, stick out in your mind? Um, no, there was
1: one that was interesting, but maybe that's, like, more into spoiler territory. Spoiler
0: territory? All right, cool. Well, then, let's take a quick break, and then we will be right back with some spoilers. And we're back. So I wanted to bring up, um, you know, the, the very opening of this movie is uh, animated, or has, yeah. like, an animated sequence to kind of set up the lore of Max Fist. So I wanted to ask you specifically, like, did that work for you? What were your thoughts on that?
1: I think in the beginning it worked for me. Okay. And I thought it was, at first I thought it was an interesting stylistic choice to do that. But as the um, animated sequences, uh, like kept coming up throughout the movie, it was made clear to me that it was a stylistic choice, but it also seemed like a budget choice.
0: Mm. Yeah. It's
1: it seemed it seemed like they kind of had to make these sequences animated because they didn't quite have the uh the resources to pull it off any other way. And it kind of yeah. it kind of cheapened it a little bit for me. I a think little. I th- I think the animated sequences were um it was I think there was one too many.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm with you. I I kind of feel um similar uh in that way, yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree with you there.
1: And the animations themselves, like, weren't that great. They kind of had like this flash,
0: <laughs> kind of feel. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yes. I, it no, was. I, know it what was you mean. I think. I think
1: it was trying to go for like a motion comic kind of thing. <laughs> Definitely.
0: <clears throat> yeah, but I don't. I don't think it didn't especially work for me. I don't. I don't think it looked especially good.
1: Yeah the the colors kind of blended into each other and the characters kind of blended into those backgrounds so sure. it was it was a little bit hard to tell what was going on
0: at times and in the animated sequences So speaking of color you get this you know what what has become like pink and purple have just become such like a uh, it's almost becoming cliche i think like these this like recent um, heavily relied upon color palettes of like pink and and purple and red, uh, and that sort of like like synth wavy aesthetic. I think not just in movies recently, but in in games as well has become like really really in games popular, and, let's and say.
1: music and all all kinds of media these days.
0: And it it's um the director used it pretty heavily in Daniel isn't real as right. well. I think the difference is, I feel like Daniel isn't real introduced, you know, that sort of, that sort of striking imagery of this like purple sort of vortex kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that, that sort of paid off within that movie. This movie starts with like a very similar kind of like purpley vortex sort of imagery. And then like, you know, I guess that's part of, um, Max Fist coming from his universe into this one, but then it sort of d- doesn't really I don't know in the actual movie itself I don't think that there was as strong as like a, a a visual like color palette or theme.
1: No. No, not not really. The the rest of the films uh like like look was wasn't anything all that spectacular.
0: And you know what as I'm saying that out loud um there is a re- article published on IMDb um that arch enemy and Daniel isn't real take place in the same universe, and Ad- Adam Egypt Mortimer promises a Vortex trilogy. So, okay, look out for the the Vortex universe, everybody. Okay,
1: yeah, it's it's a common thing that a lot of like independent uh, independent thrillers and horror movies seem to do within like the last like five or six years, because that that color palette and that like combined with like that kind of music gives it an inherently like appealing and like striking look as, yep. it's, as it's like you know reminiscent of the 80s and it's reminiscent of john carpenter films so it 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 reminds us of stuff that we that we already like right but, like it's got to do it's got to do more than that it's got to like um it's, it's got it's got to do something like like a Pamos Cosmato's movie, like Beyond the Black Rainbow or Mandy, where it has yes. to give just in, just incredibly striking images, or 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 some or like Joe Bagos or uh, Justin yeah. Benson and Aaron Moorhead,
0: which I think all of those movies, those examples that you just gave are the same ones that I would give too. That like set up that sort of palette and style, but then maintain it throughout the course of the movie. Yeah. Like Mandy uses colors um, and visual effects those specifically like especially those like deep purple sort of visual effects like consistently through the movie and i'm looking at this or- article now and it, and it said there's a-, a quote directly here from um from mortimer who says clear viewers are noticing that arch enemy begins uh, our clever viewers sorry are noticing that arch enemy begins with the same cosmic vortex void wormhole that kicked off daniel isn't real so here's the deal with it Reveals Mortimer, who further explains these movies are little peepholes into bigger worlds, which, like, that's cool. I that's fine. Um, but again, I, and it, there's like a screenshot here. I I forgot about this, but I guess there is a character who's like kind of scribbling like some circles on the ground in Arch Enemy. So I guess there's like a oh, connection there yeah. as well. And that's again <laughs> fine. I think my more my complaint is that that like kind of visual component is not maintained. Throughout the actual like bulk of this movie. Right. In a way that would have made it stand out a little bit more. Because I think you hit the nail on the head with like, once this movie really gets going and goes to where it's going, it's sort of just a little bit generic um, in a disappointing way.
1: Kind of flubbers
0: out. It's, it's kind crazy. of flat. You know, yeah. it's it's not super memorable. Um, you know, I, I think that it, it never becomes kind of more than the sum of its parts to, to use a cliched yeah phrase.
1: and and a lot of the plot is um is hindered on the main characters making kind of stupid decisions
0: well, that's always a you know i don't like to use that as a way to criticize a movie no um, i unders-
1: i understand but uh it's like i i don't wanna like like pick pick at that too much but the The decisions a lot of the decisions uh that the main characters seem to make didn't seem like all that justified like within their characters and just left me kind of scratching my head
0: I mean, I think the bigger problem for me a week out is like I can barely remember any of those decisions, which you know normally we try to do this podcast immediately after we watch the movie, and time is so funny for me that all thoughts are pretty fleeting at this point, but right. like there's there wasn't really any big you know arcs or changes or uh, twists or anything in this movie that like stood out to me as as memorable
1: i thought the scene with paul sheer as the dude except for that one (laughs) that was (laughs) that was a fun scene
0: (laughs) yes because that scene got really fucking weird and they let paul sheer like paul sheer was a funny cameo to get or like you know um a supporting character to get and he was fucking weird, yeah. and he was energetic, and there yeah. was tension in that scene. And that scene I do actually remember quite well. Um, that was probably the most memorable scene of the movie for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. I wish that uh, the rest of the movie kept up the same energy that um, yeah, that, 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 that scene had.
0: I agree. I definitely agree. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. I mean, you know what? I... I, I If this is going to be like a trilogy and, um, you know, Mortimer's going to do like a third movie that's sort of similar in this kind of vein or style, but like picks a different character to focus on or something like that, right? I'm, I will still watch it for sure. Sure.
1: Yeah. I, this, this movie didn't unsell me on Adam Egypt Mortimer's talents. Far from it. Far, you can see like where he is, where he is talented. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and what he is capable of but I, I don't think he, he quite hit it with this one
0: yeah and I, I don't think that this movie is like bad you know I think this movie is kind of average Um, it's fine and you know like you said it's 87 minutes so it's not a huge commitment and it's like you know is a fun time I think it probably won't be long before this movie is um, like on a subscription service whether it's Hulu or Sure. Amazon on or whatever um so you won't have to sure, you probably know probably shutter shutter probably is a, is a good candidate um because i think daniel isn't real is on shutter right and
1: and mandy and color out of space okay so and probably shutter is, is where you'll be night, able. So.
0: so like in a few months you'll probably be able to watch this on shutter with your subscription and i think if you've got an evening to kill and you've especially if you've seen daniel isn't real and, and you were into that one it's it's worth checking out and you probably already know what you're getting into, but it's just I think we're more critical on this like we often are when we see something that's like has promise or potential but doesn't quite hit it. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh uh what else was I gonna say? Oh yeah, I I enjoyed um Amy Simetz's character at the end i thought she was doing like a fun little pulpy performance which uh-huh. isn't isn't really something that she gets to do uh too sure. often so that was that was in. she just had her directorial no not her directorial debut she's directed a few other things before but she had a a major um film uh, she dies tomorrow
0: come out yes. this year and What's that movie actually is, is one that we also planned to talk about, but we ne- did not actually get around to recording a podcast on. Um, but you watched that one, right?
1: No, I never ended up watching it. Oh, you that
0: never did watch that? No. You I should didn't. watch that one. That movie is very interesting. I almost feel like I maybe want to watch it again, especially now we're getting into year end list. Sure. Territory. Um, because that She Dies Tomorrow is a is a very interesting uh little movie
1: i have i have a a lot to catch up on when it comes to like year end stuff
0: yeah me too me too for as much free time as i've had over this quarantine uh I've, i've not been as on top of catching the new movies this year which admittedly it's been a little bit harder i think you've had to track stuff down a little bit more. But.
1: I haven't really been paying attention as much to like new releases as I have just like, pay- like paying attention to stuff that I've like missed over the years and like classic stuff that I've never seen.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. Going Email. back and catching stuff. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like stuff that I've been meaning to watch for like years but like have never gotten around to until anything, recently.
0: Anything specific you want to shout out?
1: Ah. Uh uh (laughs) let me anything anything notable that i've watched i i recently watched on hbo max um dick tracy okay which is which is interesting that i bring it up now because uh because it is like kind of like it's 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 a comic book movie but it's from a very specific era of early comic book movies in the late 80s and early
0: 1990s. So this was where, a the 80s and 80s Dick Tracy movie? Oh ni- 90s. 1990. Okay. It came out
1: and it and it stars um uh what's Warren, his name? Warren uh, Beatty. Warren Beatty, yeah, yeah. Beatty, Bonnie and Clyde. And um and the production design of this movie which is mostly uh, miniatures and matte paintings mm-hmm. and a lot of practical work is stunning. Interesting. And the makeup effects are insane. It's like they they make people look like absolute freaks for like almost no reason.
0: Oh, and Al Pacino's in this movie. <laughs> and
1: Al Pacino is in it. And Al Pacino is amazing. He got nominated for an Oscar. Oh, shit. For Dick Tracy. And he. He turned down Goodfellas to be in, in, in Dick Tracy.
0: <laughs> That's an interesting tidbit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh it's it's from a very interesting like bygone area of, of Hollywood in the late eighties and early nineteen nineties where they just they just went hard on like on like it was like it was like the peak of practical production design.
0: Wow, starring Madonna as well.
1: Yeah, it's like you it's think, a movie
0: that has never even been on my radar before.
1: Yeah, and like you think of like Tim Burton's Batman, and like and because uh, I think that's what this movie was really like chasing after was like the Tim Burton Batman money. Sure. And uh, it's it's an insane
0: watch. Huh? It's on Hulu.
1: It's on. Is that I where you watched it? watched it? I watched it on HBO Max.
0: HBO Max. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I might have to. I might have to check that out. That, that was sounds, one of them That sounds the, pretty appealing to me, honestly.
1: That's one of the most interesting watches that I've uh, I've come across.
0: All right. Fair enough. Lately, i been watching a lot of um, classic animated stuff that I had not seen or had not seen in like a really long time. Oh yeah. So I watched uh, Perfect Blue, which I had not seen before. Oh yeah. Like that one a lot. And um do we talk about this on this podcast already? I can't remember. Perfect
1: Blue. I think Last... we might have talked about it off, did we off it? the podcast. Or
0: did we mentioned it off, off microphone. Yeah. That and um and Mind Game. Um is like an early two thousands uh animated movie, uh Japanese animated movie that is just fucking bonkers in the coolest way. Mm hmm. Interesting. And I watched that's Golden not that's last not a, oh nice. nice they
1: have uh, they have a lot of the uh, James Bond movies in 4K on Amazon. Oh yeah, is, <laughs> I watched
0: is, that one on Netflix. I think, but oh, okay. I might have to check out Amazon for further James Bond viewings because I'm I'm really really excited. I'm sure you saw this uh, get announced a month or two ago. I'm really really excited that. Um, IO Interactive is making uh, a James Bond game. That's yeah. the developers of of the new of well, no, it's, they've always been the developers. They've always of been the
1: Hitman developers.
0: But most recently they've they've put out Hitman and Hitman 2, and Hitman 3 is gonna come out, I think, in January or February. Mm-hmm. And uh that team making a James Bond game is just so exciting for so many, so many reasons. It's it's a perfect fit. So perfect. And like watching Goldeneye again. First of all, it was funny. It's been a while since I've like sat down and watched Goldeneye like start to finish. Like that's the kind of movie that I've caught on TV here and there a little bit, um, you know, every couple your, years or so. That was one of your favorites as a kid, wasn't it? Um, actually, as a kid, I was more into World Is Not Enough. No kidding, because that was the PS One game that I had to go with it. Because I didn't have, we didn't have an N sixty four in no, our house. That's right. That's right. But I will say that it's kind of funny seeing like. The locations in the movie are so well recreated in that N64 video game that like oh, yeah. you can, they're, they're, they are very like visually striking. Like I, my memory of the N64 game is probably ultimately stronger than my memory of that movie, but I right. recognize all the locales in the movie because they recreate them pretty, pretty closely in the game. So. But, yeah, uh, just the way that James Bond can be kind of, like, silly and tongue-in-cheek and goofy and slapstick, I'm very excited to see how IOI approaches that with their kind of, like, big Rube Goldberg machine-type levels that they, they set up with Hitman. I think that will be a lot of fun.
1: And they approach such a unique tone to the Hitman games that I think could apply really well to... Uh, yeah. They they, I, they they have it has a really goofy sense of humor, but it applies its sense of humor humor with a really straight face. Oh yeah, it plays it
0: super straight. Like the goofiest shit you could possibly imagine, but it plays it like completely straight. Uh huh. I think they could turn that goofiness up even a little bit more with a James Bond game. Like just get a little bit more tongue and cheek with Go it. Go
1: full Moonraker.
0: Maybe. Maybe, I, but even like Goldeneye, there's a scene where James Bond in Goldeneye literally like just pushes somebody in a, in a wheelchair to like cause a distraction oh, in like yeah. one of the earlier scenes. So like, you know, and then there's the scene where he just straight up drives a tank down the street and it's just completely fucking shit oh, yeah. up that's in this a, tank.
1: That's a hell of a mission in the N64 game too.
0: Yeah. And it's a great scene in that movie. So that kind of just goofy shit I would, I would be very happy to see. In a uh-huh. in a James Bond video game,
1: yeah, no doubt, no doubt.
0: All right, well, I think clearly we're uh, getting to the end of what we have to say about Arch Enemy. So, do you have any closing thoughts about this movie, Jeremy?
1: uh <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm, I'm trying I'm trying to think. Yeah, it's it's. You don't have
0: to force it if if you've said everything that you have to say about it. You could just we could call it there. Its
1: reach extended its grasp. Uh, it had some interesting ideas. It had some good performances,
0: but it fell flat in a lot of areas, which we have discussed. So we have discussed at length, open and closed. There you have it, folks. Um, thank you very much for for joining me today, Jeremy, and thank you very much uh, if if you're listening out there. Um, this is not the only podcast we do for Story Screen. Uh, you can head over to Story Screen Presents. No, sorry. Geez, my goodness. Um And you can check out our social media on Instagram. It's Story underscore Screen underscore Beacon. And on Twitter, it's Story underscore Screen. Uh, and we are pretty active on there these days. So check that stuff out. Give us a follow. Um, give us a like if you're listening to this on whatever podcast app you like. I don't know which one it is. Spotify or iTunes. Stitcher is that that's a thing, right? Do we upload to Stitcher? No, I don't know. Maybe. Hmm. Where wherever you find your podcasts, you know. So, what?
1: I just I just had a thought.
0: Go ahead, Jeremy. Share your thought.
1: Yeah, if if you're looking for something of this tone, and you haven't already watched the boys, just watch the boys. I've not watched the boys. The, actually. the the boys uh, handles a lot of these themes of of superheroes existing in a darker and more real universe so much more effectively.
0: Fair enough. And they just released a season two of that this yes. year, right?
1: Yes, they did. Okay. So if you're looking for something of that tone, like I think the boys will, will satisfy that uh pretty All right. well. So there you
0: have it. The boys will satisfy you.
1: The boys will satisfy you.
0: It says one Jeremy Kologski. Yes. Put that on the back of the box. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks again for for joining me, Jeremy. And thanks Absolutely. out there for listening.